The following program is intended for mature audiences. Welcome to Rudy's Revelation. Finding revelation in the news and meaning in media. It's Sunday, December 6, 2020. Today I'll be talking back to the Sunday Talking Heads on CBS Face the Nation, where former head of cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency Chris Krebs says the GOP should give up on the presidential race that the U.S. should use domestic propaganda to combat anti-vaxxers. Also be checking in on Sunday Morning Propaganda at our favorite feel-good feature news program, CBS Sunday Morning, where NPR's Allison Arbery reports on Orisher Technologies, a Pennsylvania-based biotech company, which is working to produce a quick and over-the-counter coronavirus test that consumers can take in their own homes and have results in minutes. Also be tearing into the Sunday New York Times, showing how the newspaper continually mischaracterizes the facts to mislead the public. And of course, I'll be going over the weekend headlines all in the next 30 minutes. But first, I'll be taking you back to school give you some historical context to frame this week's news narratives. The word of the day is deceit. He at of causing someone to accept as true or valid what is false or invalid, the act or practice of deceiving, deception. And the reason I get into deceit is not because the story of George Washington never telling a lie about the cherry tree. Because the fact is that George Washington never chopped down that cherry tree. But I'm getting into the two pillars of deceit. The first being misdirection. In theatrical magic, misdirection is a form of deception in which the performer draws audience attention to the one thing to distract it from another. Managing audience attention is the aim of all the theater and the foremost requirement of magic acts, whether the magic is of a pocket trip variety or a large stage production, misdirection is the central secret. The term describes either the effect, the observer's focus on an unimportant object, or the sleight of hand or patter, the magician's speech that creates it. Misdirection is an act of misleading, of convincing someone to concentrate in an incorrect direction. Misdirection, the magic of misdirection, using distraction for psychological warfare. The concept of misdirection involves distracting someone from a certain topic or fact with another. The brilliant part about using misdirection is that it's incredibly easy and it's amazing how distractible we as human beings are. <laughs> 
Now, many people have heard about the red herring, and the red herring is an easy way to misdirect. A red herring is something that misleads or distracts from a relevant or important question. It may either be a logical fallacy or a literary device that leads readers or audiences towards a false conclusion. A red herring may be used intentionally or in mystery fiction or as part of a rhetorical strategy or may be used in argumentation inadvertently. The term was popularized in 1807 by an English polemicist, William Cobit, who told the story of having used a strong-smelling smoked fish to divert and distract hounds from chasing a rabbit. The other pillar, and here from the legal dictionary, is plausible deniability. The term plausible deniability refers to the ability of an individual to deny knowing about something nefarious because there is no proof to the contrary. For example, plausible deniability can protect people who were either personally involved or willfully disregarded something illegal or unethical if there was no evidence showing that they knew about it. Again, from U.S. legal, plausible deniability law and legal definition Plausible deniability refers to a circumstances where a denial of responsibility or knowledge of wrongdoing cannot be proved as true or untrue due to the lack of evidence providing the, proving the allegation. This term is often used in, in reference to situations where high-ranking officials deny responsibility for or knowing uh, having knowledge of wrongdoing by lower-ranking officials. In those situations, officials can plausibly deny any allegation, even though it may be true. And so we saw this um, with Reagan and the Iran-Contra. And from the Urban Dictionary, Plausible Deniability, a condition in which a subject can safely and believably deny knowledge of any particular truth that may exist because the subject is deliberately made unaware of said truth so as to benefit or shield the subject from any responsibility associated through the knowledge of such truth. And of course, plausible deniability was in the news recently when Tony Bobolinsky says Joe Biden knew about Hunter Biden's China deal pursuits. Hunter Biden's ex-business partner, Tony Bobolinsky, claimed Joe Biden's brother, Jim, said that he and Biden's son were relying on plausible deniability as they pursued a lucrative deal with Chinese Communist Party-linked company. Less than 3% of you people read books! And our book club recommendation is, of course, The Life of Washington, which is the original biography by Mason Weems, who wrote the book shortly after Washington's death. Also a good read would be Beyond the Cherry Tree, The Leadership Wisdom of George Washington by Dr. Parrish Hodges. So we're going to go over to the headlines from Bloomberg. Vaccine side effects risk sidelining health workers while cases surge. From the Hill, Pfizer chairman, we're not sure if someone can transmit virus after vaccination. From AP, Trump aide banned from Justice Department after trying to get case info. Heidi Stirrup, an ally of top Trump advisor Stephen Miller, was quietly installed at the Justice Department as a White House liaison a few months ago. She was told within the last two weeks to vacate the building after top Justice officials learned 
of her efforts to collect insider information about ongoing cases at the department's work on election fraud. Well, I believe it's the administration's right to know what the Justice Department is up to. From the Guardian, I tried the wor- <laughs> I tried the world's first no-kill lab-grown chicken burger at a test restaurant in Israel. The meat is grown in vats behind a glass screen. Could it be the taste of the future? A PhD in genetics might seem like an unusual requirement for the role of head chef. It makes more sense when the man running the kitchen is not just in charge of frying your chicken burger. He created the meat himself. Again, this is just a story about more lab-grown meat, and this is what they're preparing for you. Once they get you locked in your house, you're going to get fed lab-grown meat. From the AFP, Mind's Eye vision-restoring brain implants spell breakthrough. Scientists are a step closer to restoring vision for the blind after building an implant that bypasses the eyes and allows monkeys to perceive artificially induced patterns in their brains. So basically, this is augmented reality, again, wiring your brain. Uh, It's going to be sold to you as some sort of medical breakthrough, but then um, the augmentation will become mainstream. From France 24, China turns on nuclear-powered artificial sun. So apparently, and this is what uh, mankind has been seeking for some time, apparently the Chinese discovered how to contain a fusion reaction And nobody seems to be batting an eye about this. China successfully powered up its artificial sun nuclear fusion reaction. For the first time, state media reported Friday making a great advance in the country's nuclear power research capabilities. The Tacomac reactor is China's largest and most advanced nuclear fusion experimental research device, and scientists hope that the device can potentially unlock a power of clean energy source. Of course, everybody's been looking for being able a way to uh, control a fusion reaction because unlike fission reactions uh, that produced uh, radioactive waste, fusion doesn't uh, produce any uh, waste whatsoever. This is from Reuters. I know your favorite drink, Chinese smart city to put AI in charge. This is an article from Reuters from Umberto Bacci. From robots delivering coffee to office chairs rearranging themselves after a meeting, a smart city project in China aims to put artificial intelligence in charge, its creators told a conference this week, raising some eyebrows. Of course, the Chinese are going to be in charge, whether you call it AI, of course they're going to say AI's in charge, and then anything that goes wrong, they're just going to blame on the computer when in self, they are programming the AI. This is from The Atlantic. This has gotten a lot of news lately. The last children of Down syndrome. Prenatal testing is changing who gets born and who doesn't. This is just the beginning. This is from The Atlantic. I'm not going to get into the article, but basically... They're reasoning the fact that uh, because you can get tested for uh, your fetus can get tested to see if it has Down syndrome, is that what do you do after that? Um, What they're saying is you should just kill your fetus if it's got Down syndrome, Um, which is a, a terrible thought.
And then I quickly want to go over some old articles here. This is a little more recent. Slow leak. Text messages cast doubt on Georgia officials' burst pipe excuse for pause in counting. An unprecedented decision on election night caused outrage. And now texts have blown apart the official story, raising more questions. This is from Frank Chung. Officials in Georgia have not been able to produce any invoices or work orders related to a burst pipe at Atlanta State Farm Arena that was blamed for an abrupt pause in vote counting on election night. The only evidence for the burst pipe released under the Freedom of Information laws was a text message exchange in which one senior employee at the stadium described it as a highly exaggerated slow leak that caused about an hour and a half delay that we contained quickly it did not spread because the fact this is from election night from news eight some ballots will not be counted until wednesday in georgia following a water main break officials said no ballots were damaged as a result of the water main break which turned out to be a burst pipe purportedly Nearly 40,000 absentee ballots will not be counted for the state of Georgia until at least Wednesday after a water main break. According to officials, water main break at State Farm Arena caused a, a pipe to burst. The burst pipe was discovered around 6 a.m. Counting the ballots began at 11 a.m. Oregon's dock anti-mask comment draws suspicion. Suspension. Uh, all right, an the Oregon Medical Board has suspended the medical license, not just suspended the doctor, suspended the medical license of a doctor who said at a pro-Trump rally that he doesn't wear a mask at his Dallas, Oregon clinic. Dr. Stephen Tulip also said at the November rally that he also encourages others not to wear masks. The state order requires healthcare workers to wear a mask in healthcare settings. Well, you better be careful because uh, whether it's your job or anything you do can be threatened if you do not curtail your behavior to get in line with the state. From ABC News, Nashville ICU nurse shot dead in car while driving to work. Police have not identified the killer. This is a mysterious Murder, there have been several murders of St. Thomas West Hospital staff in the past, but this woman, who was an ICU nurse, was murdered in her car while driving to work on the interstate. From MSN, this is from the Washington Post, just 27 congressional Republicans acknowledge Biden's win, Washington Post survey finds. The Republicans are not going along with Biden's win because of the massive evidence of fraud, including eyewitness testimony, data, indiscrepancies. I mean, there's some of these things you just can't, for the simple reason is no president has won Ohio and Florida and not won the election. That's just for starters. So the inconsistencies in the data, um, and I'm not going to list them all here. Uh, so that's why it's only 27 congressional Republicans out of 300 and, and something. 220 GOP members of the House. So 88% of all Republicans serving in Kamala, 
Congress will simply not say who won the election because it's not clear. It's from Business Insider. A robot is now making Jamba smoothies in a California Walmart in less than three minutes. Again, here you got brain implants, and now you've got uh, robots. So this is your future, folks. Again, from the Washington Post, Army investigating mysterious death, uh, deaths of soldier and veteran at Fort Bragg. So a uh, currently serving um, soldier and a veteran were found murdered on an Army base at uh, training area in Fort Bragg. Early signs suggest the men may have engaged in criminal activity before their deaths. I tear right into the New York Times. And I wanted to get into the deal book here because this is basically the outline of what the socialists want to do. What's one thing we should do right now? And I'm just going to read the headlines here of this section. Use remote work to revitalize cities that need it the most. Let mental health experts answer 911 calls. Persuade companies to embrace the 2% solution. Give America's cash at birth so they can retire as millionaires. Fund black-owned banks that renew opportunity. Cut carbon emissions everywhere. Make good at last uh, on our promises. Require background check on every gun purchase in America. Every gun purchase? Because right now we require background checks for people to get licenses, but now they want um, background checks on every purchase. Listen to the people you disagree with most. That I can agree with. Stop pushing college. I can also agree with that. Slash regulation, prioritize growth, I can agree with that. Improve access to technology and hire more tutors. Abolish ICE, and here's where you go. Create a page internship for every college graduate who wants one. Ban share buttons on social media. I don't know what that would do. Put an internet-enabled device in the hands of each U.S. child so they can more easily be propagandized. So that was just quick from the deal book. We're going to go off on our first story here. From Joe Scrant from Joe from Scranton didn't win back the working class and economic analysis of the country on the, the counties that Joe Biden won and lost shows how the two parties are continuing to realign. For years Democrats have preached the gospel of a changing demographic. As a country grew more diverse, they argued the electorate would inevitably tilt in their favor and give their party an unbeatable edge. Well, the country is more racially diverse than ever before, but exit polls suggest that Joe Biden lost ground among Latino, Black, and Asian American voters in 2020 compared with Hillary Clinton's performance in 2016. Yet he's he garnered more votes than any other candidate for president. How is that possible? Report points to microwave attack as likely source of mystery illness that hit diplomats and spies. 
if, if people don't know, uh, a government commission report provides the most definitive explanation yet for Havana syndrome, which struck scores of American employees, first in Cuba, then in China, Russia, and other countries. I think the Russia is a red herring. There was a series of mysterious afflictions that sickened American spies and diplomats abroad in the past several years was radio frequency energy, a type of radiation that includes microwaves. The National Academies of Sciences, Engineers, and Medicine have concluded in a report. Um, there were a bunch of incidents in Havana at the embassy there and in Beijing at the embassy there, and then an outlier not long ago in Moscow which seems strange, but I've been saying from the very beginning this was an electronic attack, most likely microwaves. Everybody said I was crazy, and there it is in print. And, of course, the New York Times, the report that was commissioned by the State Department, provides the most definitive explanation. First at a U.S. embassy in Havana in 2016, then in China and other countries. They have to dilute that it was in China. So when these people were badly hurt by these microwave attacks. And if people don't know, they used uh, non-lethal uh, sound weapons against the Indians in um, their border dispute. Virus may have arrived in the U.S. in December, but didn't spread until later. I said November. Everybody, I mean, this is another point where um, I was right again. The coronavirus may have infected a small number of people in the United States as early as December 13th, more than a month earlier than the researchers had thought, according to scientists who have analyzed blood samples taken from the American Red Cross donations. Um, Trump cut off the uh, PREDICT funding to China in September, and the virus was released uh, soon after that. And that's why they delayed the testing because the uh, spread of the virus and, and people are talking about getting sick in the fall of 2019 with the worst flu they've ever had. That was obviously the coronavirus and it had been spreading. And that's why they delayed the testing is so they could allow the infection to spread and therefore um, it would be everywhere as it is. And so everyone is a suspect. Trump's final stage of rage and denial, the last act of Trump presidency, has taken on a stormy elements of a drama more common to history or literature than in the modern White House. So the New York Times goes after him for saying that he, the election was rigged and that he was undermined as president during his four years. And obviously, uh, his, the, the massive vote for him was undermined with fraud. Um, not just voter fraud, but election rigging um, electronically. Uh, if anybody just wants to look at the evidence, they can. I'm not going to go into it here. And we always end up at the Sunday Review with all the lovely op-eds, uh, opinions, and editorials from the week. And the one we're going to focus on is... <laughs> Why do so many Americans think that the election was stolen, looking for the reasons behind a seemingly unreasonable belief? And Ross Dudat goes here uh, off onto anyone 
familiar with his career could have predicted that he would claim to have been cheated out of the victory. Anyone watching how he wielded power. Um, I mean, he's going to go, he just goes off against Trump so far. So predictable, but speaking as a cynical observer of the Trump era, one feature of November did crack my jaded shell a bit, not his behavior or the system's response, but the sheer scale of the belief among conservatives that the election was really stolen measured not just in polling data, but in conversations and arguments online and in person with people I would not have expected to embrace it. Look at the evidence, Ross. The potency of this belief has already scrambled some of the conventional explanations for conspiratorial beliefs, particularly the conceit that the key problem is is misinformation spreading downward from partisan news outlets and social media fraudsters to the easily deceived. Now you just look at the evidence. You, you look at what's in front of your eyes and don't turn away. Don't be an ostrich. Don't put your head in the sand. Don't be a goldfish. Remember what happened 10 seconds ago. And so we're going to go off with uh, Chris Krebs on face the nation today. Again, here we have folks, um, deciding that um, that anti-vaxxers are bad and head, of the, and head of the big vaccination rollout, that refusing a vaccination sometimes is bad. And, of course, uh, the election fraud um, is just explained away. So let's listen in to Maggie Brennan and Chris Krebs, the fired former cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency head. It looks like you likely lost the state of Georgia. (laughs) We're investigating. There's always a possibility. I get it. And you have the rights to go through the courts. What you don't have the ability to do. It looks like you likely lost the state of Georgia. (laughs) We're investigating. There's always a possibility. I get it. And you have the rights to go through the courts. What you don't have the ability to do, and you need to step up and say this, is stop inspiring people to commit potential acts of violence. Someone's going to get hurt. Someone's going to get shot. Someone's going to get killed. Someone's going to get hurt. Someone's going to get shot. Someone's going to get killed. Someone's going to get hurt. Someone's going to get shot. Someone's going to get killed. Someone's going to get hurt. Someone's going to get shot. Someone's going to get killed. That was Gabriel Sterling, a Republican election official in the state of Georgia. Warning President Trump about the potential impact of his continued unsubstantiated claims of a vast conspiracy. Yet last night, the president repeated many of those same unfounded claims at a rally in the state of Georgia. The vast conspiracy. For more on the security of the 2020 election, we want to go now to the former director of the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, Chris Krebs. <laughs> Active, coordinated disinformation campaign to undermine confidence in our election. The vast conspiracy. Why do you think the commander in chief is doing that? Look, I, I don't know if it's intentional or if, or if it's willful blindness, but the the result of the 2020 election is clear this race is over we've got to get ready for january 20th and the next administration 
But just 27 congressional Republicans have acknowledged Joe Biden's victory as president-elect. That's 27 out of 249. Why are the majority of Republicans remaining silent on what you're describing here as a security risk? I, I Again, I can't speak to what their motivations are. To those that have spoken up, uh, it's the right thing to do. And I think the rest of them have to acknowledge that the system in place uh, to conduct the election uh, was legitimate, particularly in the House. Um, they've accepted their outcomes and their races. Uh, I don't see any difference here between the, the presidential races. Of a vast conspiracy. Well past the time where all leaders of the Republican Party need to accept the outcome of this race. <laughs> and uh, move on and, and accept uh, that, that Joe Biden is the president-elect. When you say a disinformation campaign... Of a vast conspiracy. Any fraud claims, any security claims, any, any sorts of things along those lines, uh, we, we're just not seeing supportive, supporting evidence. And again, it is time to move on. A vast conspiracy. We cannot allow this to continue, certainly not past January 20th, certainly not for the next four years. Any sort of lost cause movement would be, we, we cannot allow this to continue, certainly not past January 20th. Just horribly destructive to, to, uh, to democracy. A vast conspiracy. And you've talked about disinformation online around the vaccine, for example. We know the State Department has quietly called out Russia for spreading disinformation about the vaccine. <laughs> Why isn't Homeland Security right now launching a campaign to educate the American public about a vaccine being safe? So early on in COVID, in fact, it was January, uh, March 13th was the day I think the world changed for most folks. But at the same time, we saw uh, some disinformation emerging related to the coronavirus and including just farcical claims like 5G, uh, telecommunications tower, telephone towers, spread the coronavirus. So we actually saw vandalism in the United Kingdom. So we wanted to get that here. FEMA did launch a, uh, a, a similar rumor control effort on, uh, on the coronavirus. We are going to have to do much, much more going forward to counter uh, the vaccine claims that we're gonna hear, the anti-vaxxer type claims. Of a vast conspiracy. Those have been previously and will be in the future supported and amplified by foreign powers. How much of that is foreign? How much of that is domestic? <laughs> it, it's hard to say. Um, there's certainly both. China, Iran, and North Korea, we have, we have seen to some extent all four of those, uh, those countries doing some kind of espionage or spying, trying to get intellectual property related to uh, the, the, the vaccine. And in fact, just how we're doing as a country policy-wise and uh, in terms of health impact. Of a vast conspiracy. All right, and then we're going to leave you with the NPR's um, Allison Arbery's bit on Orisher Technologies, where this uh, biotech company is trying to get you to take a home COVID test every day. And what they're doing is they're pushing testing to get you into the vaccine pipeline. First, it's going to be testing, so you're going to get 
comfortable with going and getting tested, and then you're going to be comfortable going and getting your shot, and then to get ingrained in the testing so everybody understands that to get cleared means you can go out of your house and you can go to jobs and you can go to the concert and you can travel and do all this stuff. So they're getting you in line with the testing for a specific purpose. So let's listen to the uh, CBS Sunday morning segment. The town of Bethlehem, Pennsylvania was famous for producing steel. But these smokestacks are relics. Now, a very different kind of industry is thriving in the Lehigh Valley. This company was actually founded in the shadows of the uh, old Bethlehem Steel. Stephen Tang is the CEO of Orshore Technologies, a biotech company that produces diagnostic tests you can do at home. We can't have people circulating in public uh, waiting to get tested. The best way to test people is to have the ability for anybody, anywhere, anytime to test themselves. Having immigrant parents uh, as scientists uh, who taught me to love science and find ways to, to help people. This is a very fast moving virus. When somebody gets infected with the coronavirus, they are often, by the time they are symptomatic, for example, they have probably already begun transmitting. And most Dr. Michael Minna is an assistant professor of epidemiology at the Harvard School of Public Health. He says the country would be safer if we had prioritized the kinds of tests that Orishore and its competitors are developing. If people are waiting more than just a few days to get their results, uh, three days pretty much starts to make these tests almost useless for that individual. One day is already pushing it. The first COVID-19 test that can be done completely at home was approved in November. Orshore now hopes to have its test on the market by the first quarter of next year. So you look at a test strip, it has a control line, it has a test line, and within an hour you know the result. So you're no waiting in line, no waiting for labs, no waiting for the results to come back. You own the result yourself. So it means that you can test yourself anywhere, anytime, and under any circumstance uh, to get your result. You don't need to call your doctor and ask for them to write you a prescription. Ultimately, we're, we're hoping this leads to people empowering themselves to find out more about themselves. What if your test is not 100% sensitive? What if it's something a little less than that? Is it still helpful? The test will be helpful, and the reason is because you allow people to be tested more frequently. Real-time information, even if it's a, a little bit less precise, is more important than very precise information that you get infrequently. The company is aiming for at least a 90% sensitivity rate for its over-the-counter test. And Dr. Minna says, Rapid tests are key to preventing more deaths. Even with vaccines on the way, it will likely be mid-summer before one is available to all Americans. We don't know how easy or hard it's going to really be to get the vaccine out. We don't know how durable the immunity to this vaccine is going to be. We That's it for us today. See you next week. Check us out, Rudy's Revelation, Twitter and Facebook.